Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look. Style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style should be easy and getting dressed can be fun. Today, we have a fun show. And in our vocabulary lesson, we're going to be talking about a word you've probably never heard of before. And in philosophy, a word you should definitely get rid of in your wardrobe vocabulary. And then in the style lecture, I'm going to give you an auditory peek into my closet and some of the pieces that are really important to me in my fall winter must haves. But first, let's check your homework from last episode. So last episode, I challenged you to plan your outfit around your shoes for a day or two. Curious to know if you did it and and how did it work out for you? Did you like the look? Did you feel more put together? If you didn't do it, I hope you at least gave your footwear choices a little bit more thought. That is homework you can and should do every day because as we talked about in episode 16, shoes define your style. You can have a fabulous outfit and horrible shoes and you got a frumpy outfit. You can have a pretty basic outfit and amazing shoes and have a great outfit. So shoes define your style. Focus on that. All right, let's kick it off as always with lessons from Linda. Today's Linda called me because like a lot of my clients, she was overwhelmed by her closet and underwhelmed by her style, which is a thing I see all the time. But also she wanted to show up differently at work. She had a very successful business that she owned herself and she didn't feel like her wardrobe was really befitting that of a business owner. So she wanted to, you know, learn to dress a little bit better, which I was super excited to work with her. I headed over to her house. And as I was looking at her style survey, one thing kind of jumped out at me. And this happens a lot when I look over that questionnaire that I send out to people. There's sort of a theme. If you listen to my story about Linda in the pants, every answer was about pants. She had enough pants, 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 right? This one was about money, 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 money. Um, Answers like she couldn't part with things because she had spent a lot of money on them. She wanted to donate things, but the things that she had felt too good or she'd spent too much money on them just to simply donate them. She didn't know how to get rid of them. She didn't want to invest a lot in her wardrobe because she'd already sunk so much money into her clothes. So frankly, given the address that I was going to and the business that my that my Linda owned and um, the fact that we had to schedule around staff being in the house, I was really expecting, I guess that's the right word, expecting a closet full of high-end super designer pieces. And I got to tell you, I was excited about this because my Linda's for the most part are just really regular women who shop at Loft and The Gap. And, you know, sometimes we splurge on Nordstrom. But for the most part, our wardrobes are not that high-end Chanel kind of situation, which, so I was excited for something a little out of the ordinary. So I got to Linda's house and we had it in her closet, which is one one of the nicest closets I have ever seen. And 
I started looking at her her clothes. And the first thing that I noticed was her shoes. And she had made a big point in her style survey to talk about how much she had spent on her shoes. And even though she really couldn't wear them anymore because, you know, after babies, they didn't fit and they weren't comfortable to wear to work, she didn't know how to get rid of them. So I was really expecting some killer shoes, right? Instead, what I found was Bandolino and Nine West. Now, these are shoes that, you know, back in the day probably cost $50, $60, $70. And I'm not saying that that is not a good shoe because back when I was a working girl in an office, I loved a good Bandolino, loved them. They were my go-to brand. But I would not call these shoes that you cannot donate because you've spent so much money on them. What was happening with this Linda is that when she bought these things, she was at a different time in her life where that Bandolino shoe was an absolute stretch. That Nine West shoe was a splurge. It was an upgrade from her usual, you know, just out of college Target or whatever else, you know, lower brands that she was buying. These felt expensive. And so she had still tied herself to the mentality of thinking these are a splurge. This is something that I can't part with because it was painful for me to buy it. So as we talked and, you know, I kind of had to gently say, Linda, you're in a different place now. You are in a place where you could go out and buy those Jimmy Choo's. You could go out and buy Ferragamos. And those would be expensive shoes that would be painful to donate. But these you know, they are Nine West shoes that are 15 years old. It's okay to go ahead and donate them. And you know, it was just a mindset thing that we had to sort of work through. And she did. And we got rid of the dated, couldn't wear them anymore, Nine West and Bandolinos and made room for shoes that really reflected who she was. And the same thing kind of happened with her wardrobe, but it was really, really focused on the shoes. And there are two lessons I want you to take away from this, Linda. And here's the first one. Unworn clothes or shoes or accessories, whatever it is, do not gain value. They don't regain their value sitting in your closet. If you spend $50 on something and you hate it and you wear it once and it made you feel terrible and you put it back in your closet, it does not matter how long it hangs in there. You're never getting your 50 bucks back ever. The money is gone. You cannot recoup your losses by leaving things hanging there. Also, they don't increase in value. No one is going to be fighting over your 2007 coach outlet bag when you die. It is not an heirloom. True heirloom pieces are thousands and thousands of dollars. So please don't hang on to things in the hopes that they're going to be worth something because they're simply not. Now, the other thing I want you to take away from this, Linda, is this. We give more value to things we own just because we own them. So this Linda didn't want to donate things because they were quote unquote too nice. And on my phone in Linda's closet, I pulled up, I went to eBay and I looked at how much this shoe, this Bandolino shoe was going for. And it was $7. It was a $7 shoe at this point. Nobody is going to give you for your clothes what you think they're worth. And I think a lot of women find this out when they go to consign things or they go to sell things. We liked our things. We, we liked them so much that we bought them. And so we put a higher value on them. You really have to look at what the market will give you for things. And that's a good determiner if, in your opinion, it's quote unquote, 
too good to donate. Because a lot of times what you're going to find is while you have an attachment to that pair of jeans or that sweater was really, really special to you, it simply isn't to the rest of the world. And you can go ahead and donate it or, you know, price it reasonably on Poshmark or eBay or Facebook, however you're getting rid of your things. But don't give a higher value to your clothes just because you own them. Keep realistic about what they're really worth. All right, let's head over to vocabulary. Today's word of the week is denier. Denier. It is spelled D-E-N-I-E-R. And you can either pronounce it denier or denier. If you want to sound French, you can call it denier. If you think you're trying too hard to sound French, you can just call it denier. What denier is, is basically a thread count for hosiery. So you may have seen this on a package. It's not a word that's used commonly, but I really want to under- you to understand what it's about because we are moving into no bare leg season and a lot of women still do like to wear hosiery. I get the question a lot, like, is it still okay to wear a hose? Do I have to wear a hose? It is totally a personal thing, whether you like to or not, whether your office or situation or where you're going whether it's appropriate. Some offices are very conservative and yes, some offices are more relaxed and no, you don't have to. But when we are talking about hosiery, you may have seen on the package, denier, and it'll have a number with it. And basically what this is, is thread count for hosiery. Denier determines how sheer or opaque the hosiery is. By the way, denier is also used for tents and some camping things. So if you look this up, you may get different results. But in this case, we are talking about hosiery. The lower the number, the sheerer it is. The higher the number, the more opaque and less formal the hosiery is. That's an important thing to know. The higher the number, the less formal it is. So if you are going to a cocktail event, you want to look for denier in the 10, maybe the 20 range. If you are wearing, I don't know, a casual knit dress and you want a lot of coverage, you should look for things in the 60, 80 to 100 range. 100 is pretty much blackout and 10 is super sheer. That's about as low as it goes. So keep that in mind when you are wondering which hose to pair with your outfits. Look for the right denier and you can usually find it on the package I'm going to put a video in the show notes that gives a great example of how the opacity increases as the number of the denier increases. All right, let's go to philosophy. Today's bit of fashion wisdom comes straight from yours truly, and here it is. You ready? Write this one down. Should is killing your style. And you can even put the quotes around should. Should is killing your style. Here's how I hear that one from clients. I should be more conservative. I should dress up more. I should really be more trendy. All of those things take you away from the person you are and keep you from buying and wearing things that you truly love. And it's impossible to have great personal style if you're focused on who you should be and how you should look rather than just wearing things that make you feel great and feel authentic to you. I had a client and she was... She was the most fashionable Linda I have ever worked with. And as a matter of fact, when she hired me, I was kind of like, am I being punked right now? Because why do you even need me? And again, she was overwhelmed by her closet. So I went in and everything was phenomenal. She had these, she had such a unique, cohesive, well-defined style. And every piece we pulled out, it was like, oh, this is amazing on you. This is great. This is great. The only things we took out of her closet were the shoulds. I bought that when I felt like I should have a suit. I should really be more dressed up for corporate events. All of these shoulds 
just didn't work for her. They weren't her. They didn't look like her. They didn't feel like her. And she felt terrible in them. So this week, I really want to encourage you to look for your shoulds in your closet. Go through and say, are any of these, did I buy any of these thinking I should have something for an occasion or for a look, whatever it is. Now, ask yourself, if you find these shoulds, why do I feel this way? What is it about this should that that makes me feel like I should have this instead of I want to have this? And if the answer has anything to do with somebody else's expectations, go ahead and let go of that piece. Your style will thank you. All right, in just a second, I'm going to give you a peek into what really matters in my closet. Hang on. The Fall Capsule Wardrobe Guide is officially in the vault, and the Winter Guide comes out December 1st. In the meantime, let's stay connected in my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can search for it on Facebook or just follow the link in the show notes. I hope to see you there. All right. In today's episode, I want to give you a peek into my fall and winter must-haves. This episode came about because I'm doing a major closet overhaul and with it, a major wardrobe overhaul. I'm doing a closet overhaul because as you've probably heard me talk about, we have been in our house now for about a year and I went from having a big walk-in closet all to myself. My husband had his own and now we share one that is smaller than my closet, my former closet, which is really challenging. It is a challenging shape. It's kind of a bowling alley. It's just really long and narrow. Um, I have the little bit longer side. My husband has the shorter side where the door swings in. So he's got a little bit less room, but he's got a lot less clothes. So it works out. Um, And the most annoying thing about my closet is that all it has is two long wire builder grade shelves. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Just two rows of those same height all the way through, and then a few little wire shelves way at the back. And what really annoys me about this is that I don't know, did the women who owned this house before me, I know that there were two families that lived here before us, did they not have any long hanging dresses? Did they not like to hang their pants long? How does this work? Because all there is really is room for shirts. So this has been driving me crazy for a while, but I really believe that when you move into a house, you should kind of live with it a little bit uh, before you start making big changes because you don't really know what changes you'd like to make. And if I was going to invest in a big change, I thought, let's just see what I like, what I don't. What I found is that I want to put the the shelves kind of closer to the door because that's kind of where I reach the most. And then I definitely definitely need long hanging space for dresses. And I really like to hang my pants long. So um, I'm doing that. I've got the shelving ready to put together in my in my garage. For some reason, I thought this was a great DIY project. I always love the idea of a good DIY project, but then it comes to the actually doing it that I don't love. And that's when my husband gets roped in. But anyway, so um, with this, I am kind of going through my wardrobe and making a big wardrobe edit. And the reason for that is the idea of reorganizing clothes that you don't love or wear or want is kind of silly. Spending the time to move them and rehang them and do all those things, invest in more hangers or whatever it is, doesn't make sense to me. So I wanted to get them out before I did anything. And I really encourage you, if you are making any kind of changes, whether you are moving or redecorating, whatever it is, don't put energy into stuff you don't like. Now, you might think that my closet is always edited, and in a way, it really is, but over the last year, year and a half, there have been a lot of changes, and 
you know, I've kind of got some stuff that I'm ready to let go of. The biggest one is that my weight has kind of settled at a point where I'm okay with it. You know, if you if you knew me two years ago, I was absolutely at my lightest point that I have been as an adult. Um, I was doing some pretty extreme stuff to get there. Um, I was honestly in the best shape and the best health and all that stuff of my life, and I don't regret it, but it was just something that I, I could not maintain. Um, and then fast forward to last year when we moved, it was my first Minnesota winter in 20 years. It was cold and dark, and I was lonely and worried about my kids getting settled and um I wish I were one of those people who, when you are sad and stressed and depressed, doesn't eat. I'm one of those people who, when you're sad and depressed um, and lonely, whatever, I'm like, give me a cake and a fork and that's all I need. So um, it was not an easy transition. Um, this spring, I was at the heaviest I've been in a really long time. And now it's kind of come back down and I'm at a place where I feel okay investing in clothes right now. I'm also okay with letting go of the things that I'm not willing to do the work it would take to wear again. And I'm working on an episode about weight and wardrobe, and I think it's a really important episode. However, it's really difficult to talk to even or talk about, even for someone like me who's okay kind of putting everything out there and, and being really open. It's still a very sensitive subject. So when I get up the courage to record it, we're going to talk about weight and wardrobe and how they really should have nothing to do with each other. But right now, my, you know, I always say that if you're not willing to do what it takes to get back into those clothes, just go ahead and let them go. So that's where I'm at. And I'm going through and just creating a wardrobe I love, truly love for the body that I have right now. So as I was going through my wardrobe, I decided to put things into three piles. The first one is I love it, I wear it, and I would miss it so much if it was gone. That's pile number one. The second pile was like, yeah, I like it. It makes me happy. I wear it. But if I accidentally left it in a hotel room, I'd be okay. And if that sounds like a really strange category, here's why this is a thing. There was a gray travel jacket that I had and I loved. I loved this jacket. I wore it all the time. And I left it in a hotel room in Palm Springs. Why I didn't call and like have them send me my jacket. No, I, you know what? I think I did call and they said it wasn't there, whatever. So I lost this jacket in a hotel room in Palm Springs. Now I have to tell you, that was 2002. And I'm still thinking about that jacket. If I had that jacket since 2002, I probably wouldn't remember it quite so fondly, but I still really miss that thing. So that was my second category. If I left it in a hotel room, would I still be thinking about it in a day, a week, a year, whatever? That was category number two. The third category was, why am I giving this closet space? Why am I giving it a nice hanger? You know, I believe in nice hangers. Why am I allowing this thing to sit there and mock me? You know, I believe that clothes that don't fit you just mock you. Every time I see those size 29 AG $200 skinny jeans, they mock me and they needed to go, right? So those were my piles. And when I finished, I looked at the first pile and I thought it might be fun to give you a peek into what really matters in my closet. It's important to remember that this is my list of must-haves for my body, which is an apple. I'm bigger on the top than I am on the bottom. This is my list for my style, which is current, fun, and polished. And for my lifestyle, which is for the most part super casual. I work from home. I hang out with my kids and my husband. Uh, for the most part, even going out occasions, I can get away with like jeans and cute tops. There aren't a ton of dress up things. I do like dresses and I like to look polished, but I don't need a lot of really dressy things. And you will never find that black suit on my list of must haves. 
Now, you know in general that I think must-have lists are a complete waste because everyone has different needs and tastes and bodies, so an arbitrary list isn't super helpful. I encourage you to make your own or at least start thinking about what pieces in your wardrobe matter to you and start building your list around those. You can even use my, would I be sad if I left it in a hotel room? Some of these things in my list are specific pieces and some are just categories. And I will put as many helpful links as I can into the show notes for you to check out. All right, let's get started. In no particular order, again, these are just for cool weather. We'll do another episode in the spring talking about those things then. All right, the first thing on my list, and I talked about this, I think, in the last episode when I talked about uh, the word ponty, is ponty pants. This is actually, I said no particular order, but I lied. This is the number one thing in my closet. If my house were on fire, I would consider going back in for my ponty pants. Actually, I probably wouldn't. I'd just rebuy them, but you get what I'm saying. I love these pants. My ponty pants are a five pocket, like jean style. They're skinny, they're ankle length. So I can wear them with flats, heels. I can wear them with booties. I can wear them with um, tall boots. I can literally wear them with everything. They are a nice dark black. They're a high quality ponte. I can put them with blouses. I can put them with blazers. I can put them with t-shirts, denim jackets. Literally everything goes with this pair of pants and they are so crazy comfortable. That's the one thing I talked about uh, last episode in the vocabulary lesson was that ponte feels so good. When I want to look put together, but I don't I still really want to be comfortable. I reach for my Ponty pants every single time. So if you are listening to this and you're like, what is Ponty? I always thought that word was pronounced pont or point. It is not. Go back to episode 16 and listen to what Ponty is really all about. So that is number one. Number two is skinny jeans. I know on this show, I have been preaching that the wide leg is coming and I do believe it is and I will get there. But my skinny jeans are on my wardrobe must have list. And I love denim. I absolutely love denim. And I I have a lot of fun with jeans. I have straight leg jeans. I do have a pair of wider leg jeans. I don't love boot cut. They're still feeling dated to me. But I have jeans with big cuffs. I have jeans with frayed hems. The only ones that went into my I love this, wear this, and would be sad if I missed it, were my skinny jeans. And I don't know if it's because those are the jeans that I've really invested in or if I invest in them because I really love them. But when I look at it, all the jeans that were in category number two, if they were in a hotel room, they'd be okay. Those were the ones that I spent less money on. And I don't know if I was just trying out trends or what it is, but I still like them. They're still fun, but it is my skinnies that are my absolute wardrobe must have. And I feel good in them and they're easy to pair with shoes. So that is number two. Number three is the denim jacket. I should say denim jackets because I have more than one. I do have one that is a go-to that I love more than others. It is sort of a medium to light wash. It has a lot of stretch in it. It feels good. That one's actually from Target. And uh, it's just my favorite, even though it wasn't very expensive. I do have a dark wash one, which I don't wear as much because it always feels a little bit serious to me. Uh, And then I have a couple other different styles. I do have, I had the denim trucker jacket, you know, sort of like the boyfriend style um, that went into the, why am I giving this closet space pile? Because it was a trend that I tried. I don't love it. It's just too big and bulky. So I understand that that's the thing right now. It's just not a thing for me, but denim jackets, here's why I love this one. They solve so many wardrobe problems. All of like that, what do I do with this crazy pant or this funky skirt, or what am I going to wear with this? 
put a white shirt and a denim jacket with it. And all of a sudden it's a cute outfit. So I love that you can throw it over like yoga pants and a t-shirt and have a cute outfit. I love that you can wear it with dress pants and dress down some things. Uh, I use denim jackets a lot to dress down dressier things to make them feel like more my style. So denim jackets, I know you see them a lot in the capsule guides. It's because they're so crazy versatile and I love them. All right. Number four, this is a category one, great layering pieces. This is a category that I see missing from clients' closets all the time. We like to buy the cardigans. We like to buy the jackets. We like to buy the things that are really making a statement, but we don't buy really phenomenal, what we would call in retail underpinnings, which is that base layer. The ones that the neckline lays nicely, the one that you know has a sleeve that you can layer over, all of those things that are high quality, that have a good material, that you know show off a necklace, all those things. So many closets are missing these, and mine is not. I have a lot of them, and I am not afraid to spend money on them. I have some from Old Navy that were like $7, and I have some from other places that were definitely not $7. And I, I, t- to me, it doesn't matter how much it is. If I find a great layering piece, I'm buying it because it makes it so easy to buy and and pair all these other things. You can go out. I know I could bring home any cute cardigan or jacket and I've got something to wear with it. This is actually one of my biggest issues with Stitch Fix. And I'm not going to get off on a tangent, but I want to say that so many women who are using Stitch Fix don't have these really great basics. So Stitch Fix sends you fun things, but you don't have great basics to wear with them. So A, you never wear them or B, they never look quite right. So you need to focus on great basics and great layering pieces is a category that I see missing from a lot of closets, not mine, thank God, because it is something that I've focused on putting in there and I will always collect great layering pieces. All right, number, what are we, five? Number five is fabulous sneakers, fabulous sneakers. Like I said, my life is really, really casual. I don't I don't own many pairs of heels. I I like flats and loafers and all that cute stuff. But what I find myself gravitating towards is, you know, when I'm wearing boyfriend jeans and a Beyond Basic t-shirt, something like that, I always reach for sneakers. So therefore, I have really cute sneakers. Um, I I just choose to have a lot of fun with it. My favorite pair right now is a pair of white Adidas with a gold Adidas label on the back. Those are super fun. I also have a pair of um, pony hair leopard sneakers that I love from a few years ago. I just like to have fun with sneakers. I like I said in the beginning, shoes define your style. And even if you have a really casual lifestyle and you're not wearing heels and you're not, you don't want to dress up, you can still have shoes that make a style impact. Next up is kind of a contradiction to what I just said. Booties or heels I can stand in. As I was going through my shoes and I was pulling out booties and heels and kind of going through the the dressier things, the only ones I kept were the ones that I can stand in. Usually if I'm wearing heels, I'm probably standing on stage somewhere and I can't be uncomfortable or I'm at a conference or I'm at something like that and I want to be able to stand. Nothing looks worse than women who are clearly uncomfortable in their shoes and they're doing the shuffle from side to side. They're trying to slip them off. They're standing on the back of their heels. Um, you know, they've kind of got the fabric in the or the leather in the back folded down, whatever it is. I, I decided that I'm only keeping shoes that I can actually wear and stand in. Now that meant that a lot of shoes went, but I'm okay with that. All right. The next one is 
my go-to dresses. For every single season, probably have three to four go-to dresses. If there was any event, I could get ready for it in two minutes because I would go to my closet and I would find that go-to dress. Whether it is a speaking engagement, taking my oldest daughter who's a theater loving kid to some sort of show. Um, God forbid someone passes away and I've got to go to a funeral. I've got something for literally all of those occasions that I can have on in two minutes. So for me, go-to dresses that can be dressed up or dressed down um, are an absolute must have. And I feel good in dresses. It's funny in the spring summer edition, you will not hear this. I don't love spring summer dresses quite as much. I love them in the winter because I am a huge fan of opaque tights. I love a good pair of tights. And I'm going to put my favorite pair of tights in the show notes, um, which are they are a shapewear tight and they have shapewear that comes up like right under your bra. It's like the greatest hug and it sucks you in and smooths you out and they're super comfortable. And uh, I'll put those in the show notes for you. All right. Next category is easy blouses that can dress up or down. Huge fan of these. If you listen, I think it was episode two or three when I talked about knits versus wovens. Wovens are definitely more flattering on me. So if I want to dress up a little bit, if or if I you know, know I'm going somewhere where people are going to be taking pictures or if I'm having pictures done, I always go for blouses. So I find myself gravitating toward really plain, basic blouses that I can throw a necklace with or just a pair of earrings or nothing at all and can be dressed up or down. Now, a lot of these categories I've said, I'm okay investing in it. I spend money here. This is the one category that everything in it, even though I love it, wear it, and would be sad if it were gone, everything in it was inexpensive. And I talked in a previous episode, one of our office hours, someone asked me, where to spend and where to save and where to splurge in your wardrobe. And I believe that you should splurge on the outside and the inside. So underwear and outerwear, you should splurge on. You should spend on the bottom, on your shoes, on your pants, on your jeans, and you should save on your tops. Tops are something that we like to change up a lot because your style changes. You want something, you know, that that pops for a photograph. You want something, it's easy to buy a top to sort of refresh your wardrobe. And we do that more often. So for me, I don't like to spend a lot of money on them. Some of my favorites, and they have the perfect neckline, the perfect sleeve length are from H&M and they are $10. And I'll, I'll do a search online. And if they have them, they kind of come and go. If they have them, I will put them in the show notes. They are fantastic. And it's kind of one of those things that You can always just reach for it. A blouse always looks nice and throw it with a great pair of jeans. If you've spent on the bottom, you have great jeans and you look super duper polished. All right. Category number nine. When I'm not in blouses, I'm obviously in knits. I love beyond basic knits. Now, if you are a capsule subscriber, you know that in every capsule, there are what I call beyond basic knits. What are these? Beyond basic knits... They're like a t-shirt. They're t-shirt material, but they are not the $8.99, $12.99, whatever t-shirts that are folded on a huge table at Target or Loft. These are knit tops that have something a little bit extra. Like right now you're seeing kind of the twist hem being a big thing. The one that I wore yesterday, it's just a plain black, looks almost like a t-shirt, except it has 
um, sort of a lace crochet overlay at the shoulders and big wide ribbed cuffs. And it just gives it a little bit something special. It turns it from a t-shirt into a top. The best way to find Beyond Basic knits is to shop the racks, not the tables. Beyond Basic are very rarely folded. So ignore those. Those are your basics. Those are the things that you're going to buy six of and feel like you're in a huge style rut. Ignore those and go for the racks. So even if you are looking for knits, look for knits that are hung. All right, my last category of absolute wardrobe must-haves are statement pants. Now, this is something that is probably just because of my body type and my personality, but I love a bold pant. Whether it is a mustard-colored corduroy or a leopard jean or in the spring and summer, a big flowy floral, whatever it is, I love bottoms that make a statement. Probably because as an apple, I'm really more comfortable showing off my bottom half than I am my top half. And because of my personality, this is a great way to infuse fun into my wardrobe. I love pants that are not just your black, gray, denim, whatever. I love pants that are different from that because they're unexpected. I always like things where people go, oh, I wish I could wear that. Oh, I wish I'd worn that. That's kind of what statement pants are. People don't naturally gravitate toward them, but when they see them on other people, they wish they would would have done that. So that is an area that I love to put a lot of fun into my wardrobes. And often you'll see me on video, like on Facebook or in the capsule groups, where I have really basic tops on and people think, oh, she must dress really boring. Oh no, you have no idea what's going on down below because number one, I am dressed. I would like to clear that up always. And I usually have something really, really fun on the bottom. So that is my top 10 list. And if it helped you kind of get some ideas about categories you may be missing or pieces you should add, or just helped you think about how to think about your wardrobe and what's really important to you, then I hope you have gotten a lot out of this episode. Your homework is, of course, to look at your wardrobe each time you get dressed and ask yourself, what are my must-haves? Start by identifying the pieces you'd really miss if they were gone. You can go ahead and use my hotel analogy if you'd like, and then look at those that don't deserve to take up closet space. Those two, kind of the extremes, the really, really good and the really, really bad, those are the easiest to identify. So start with those, and then you can work on the middle later. What is it about those pieces that makes them must-haves? Is it because you love the way they look on you? Is it because they fit your lifestyle perfectly? And that's how you start to build your own must-have list. All right, that is it. I will see you next time. You can head over to the show notes um, on youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast and get all the links and resources from the show. And I hope to see you in the Everyday Style Lounge. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.